Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will talk about the topic, how the church uses fear. Um, I think when it comes to churches, uh, especially in the fundy, fundy, sorry, in the fundamental world, Tom introduced fundies uh, as a term, I think, a couple of episodes ago. And so that one's kind of sticking in my head. Um, <laughs> and uh, But how the church uses fear, and I think that's something that uh, many people speak about in how um, when they are in church, there is this kind of umbrella of fear being used for belief or for for what um, is kind of the idea. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Tom, do you mind uh, starting us off with how the church uses fear? Sure. I would love to do that, Justin. Tom, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that comes to mind is sitting at church camp, when I was in college, I was the intern for a youth group, and I got to preach. And this is old school church camp. I mean, we had no air conditioning except in the kitchen. We slept on <gasps> army. Yeah, we slept on we slept on army cots with box fans pointed at us, you know. And so, and this was about Thursday night. So we are tired. Everyone is tired and hot and exhausted. It's middle of July, Oklahoma summer. And it was my night to preach. So I got up and preached. Fine sermon. I forgot the topic. Fine sermon. And, and I sat down, and then the director of the camp got up and said, Now, this was a great sermon. And no one responded to it. And then he went on to talk for about, oh, 10 to 15 minutes. You know, if you think it's hot out here in July. No oh boy. And so he talked about hell and <laughs> responding and... The next thing I know, like 40 kids poured down the aisles and were surrounding the, you know, and there's this huge response. And uh, and it felt to me like what was really going on is a lot of really tired and exhausted kids, you know. Who wanted to go back to their army cot? Or were just <laughs> afraid. I mean, they were just too, they never would have responded that way had they not been exhausted. And, <clears throat> and, we, and we see that a lot. Um Fear is used as a manipulator. I mean, if you go to, I mean, my your main motivation. I remember for some of these commitments that you make seems to be fire insurance. Oh yeah, and the church knows it, and so they. I mean, not all churches function that way, obviously, but the church knows it, and they uh, take advantage of that fear sometimes. Do you think the people doing this sit down and draw, you know, it's, it's um, they sit down and draw out this, this uh, gosh, plan to use fear? I mean, do you really consciously sit down and go, okay, I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to get everyone to walk up here? That, that just seems just almost a little insane um, to me to think that someone would sit down and plan out that kind of deception 
um, and call me naive. <laughs> um, well, but, I, I mean, that's, I'm going to transfer it to being a parent. Oh, okay. Nice. You know, <clears throat> Justin, I know you probably have never done this, but I have <laughs> threats to my children that are never going to be followed through with like <laughs> if you don't pick up these toys i'm going to throw them all away three two what what happens at one nothing ever happens at one yeah <laughs> and i'm sitting there like don't make me come to one because i don't know what i'm going to do exactly if it's please do it <laughs> and, and what i want to say is is that i think that they're you know i i so giving the person the benefit of the doubt I think that that, for example, Tom's um, person, Tom Summercamp. Yeah. But he believed what he had to say was really important, and it was so important that people ought to respond. Mm. Uh, okay. Although that feels a little little bit like the primary speech where Jeb Bush was like, "Please clap." Like, <laughs> did people to did clap, he say that? Know? Yeah, he, oh, he instructed his, his people listening to, to clap to what he said. That's but anyway. A, so that's, applause that's, light comes on at the live recorded TV show. But I think I, I, I think that it's like I, I believe so strongly in this that I need you to respond. Hmm. And that we understand as human beings that fear is, is, is a great motivator. Hmm. Now, in the short term... It's a great motivator, right? There In the long go. term, I don't think I, it's it, it it's not a great motivator. What did? Let's go back to Tom, um, and because I, I don't I don't I, we'll go down that road, um, Everett, but not just yet. <laughs> so, what did you think at that time? Because you're one of the you said you're one of the youth ministers there, right? Um, I was I was a an intern, like learning about youth ministry, okay. but. I thought it was terrible, um, but I also thought, so do people plan that way? Yes, they do, And but is it, I don't think that it's, I don't think, if you're, if that's all you know and you're raised around that, that's the only church you know, right. and you, right. and you think that, well, what is waiting for them is so bad that it's okay that they're afraid and yeah they should be afraid and and fear is a motivator i do think that it's intentional and and it's probably there's probably some honesty there if that's that's what you think but i think that i really think everett's point is the right point that that is not a long-term motivator no. and that is it's also not spiritually mature uh proverbs 1 7 talks says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom so i grew up hearing that all the time right and well this is how wisdom begins but if we get to the new testament like first john i would say fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom but it's not the end of wisdom and that's what that's the part of the sermon you never you never hear but I think that my example is probably not the most egregious example um, of churches using fear. But uh, okay, so Tom, let me play a little devil's advocate here. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> particularly in Matthew's gospel, we find some really tough statements, you know, by Jesus that not mm-hmm. not everybody who calls upon the name um, of the Lord will will be saved. Um, or like Matthew ten twenty eight, do not fear those who kill the body, but kill fear him who can destroy both body and soul. Sure, yeah, that was, that's where I was exactly <laughs> going to next, and that was the next scripture and verse that I had in my head. Yeah, we're, we're all jumping on top of the verses. I see. <laughs> Tom's was already it done really? Ju- Tom's already done First John four eighteen. Dang it! Stop it. That was my verse. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Everett. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, so just playing devil's advocate, um, mm-hmm. particularly in Matthew's gospel, there is a sense in which. Um, there are some repercussions for failing to um, choose to follow Jesus that are pretty, that are, I mean, you know, you get weeping and gnashing of teeth. You have people being casting, cast out into the darkness. Um, so how do we, how do we understand those, um, those phrases? Cause I think a lot of times, particularly people from the fundamentalist tradition, I mean, you know, I mean the, 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 fundamentalist school I attended. I mean, that's, that's the language that they utilized. Um, right. So how do, how do we understand those, those passages? So I think there is a kind of fear that rightly ordered, that's the key term, rightly ordered, um, can be freeing. Hmm. So like, um, there's another verse in Proverbs that talks about the fear of the Lord being the fountain of life, and it turns us away from the snares of death. Or you see women, woman wisdom compared with the foolish man who who has no fear. And so there's a kind of fear that if we have it, it can lead to freedom. It can lead to life. Like there's nothing wrong with the fact that every time I get into a car, I think about the wreck that I had, and it makes me put on my seatbelt. There's nothing wrong with that fear. That is a perfectly right. r- reasonable fear rooted in evidence, experience, and logic. Mm. And if you see people who live their life with no consideration for their source, the source of their life and where goodness comes from and peace, and so they have no fear of um, life apart from God, then that that that's a well-ordered fear, I think, that is considering deeper questions. So, but it, it's a freeing kind of a fear, but then I think the kind of fear that we're talking about is fear that takes us beyond that, that's a crippling fear that churches. So are you saying that um, in the scripture... I think there is a good fear. Right, but, so in the scripture is 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 Jesus playing the you know well I won't say that but is is it something that trying to draw out that good kind of fear within these things you know because you don't speak to every child the same way um, just as I don't with my two I can say some one thing to one but then I have to do the countdown with another right and it just works differently um, and so the same kind of way it's like some language can be less harsh you know Mm -hmm. and then the other has to be look 
this is going to be Hilton gnashing a teeth thing, and, and we're not um, necessarily speaking in terms of, you know, the eternal fire and damnation of hell if you, you know, do this the wrong way type of thing, but it's just something of like, look, life itself is not going to be as flourished or the, the, the your fruit is not going to be as great, maybe something in that realm, um, if, if you don't speak to them in a different manner. That kind of... Ha- yeah, have we ever done an episode on hell? We have not yet. That is one that oh. is waiting for something else to happen. Why the hell haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, Everett? I mean, what's your response to those passages? I mean, yeah, my, devil's advocate. <laughs> my thought, yeah, my, I'm not the expert here. My thought is that a lot of that's also written in light of the destruction of Jerusalem and like this impending. I think or the Romans, hard, yeah already happened catastrophe on those people there so well what's your thought everett no yeah i think i i, I think what you just said written in in light of uh, of the recent destruction i i think also <clears throat> um with written in in uh probably in relation to right after the split between judaism and christianity and so there is this the sense of you know, you have to you have to pick a side. Um, really? And, whoa, 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 time. Wait, what? You're saying that in the Gospel of Matthew, it's speaking about the split of Judaism and Christianity? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a... The believers of a, Jesus, followers of Jesus, because, I mean, Christianity wasn't even a thing, right? But you're saying that those who believe... Um, I mean, I didn't think we're to that yet in Matthew, uh, if you will, <laughs> timeline. So. Well, so, I mean, this is all conjecture because none of us were there when it happened. <laughs> right. <but laughs> there, um, you know, there's there's an assumption that, that the Gospels were written um, around the time uh, or compiled oh, around the time okay. oh. of the destruction of the, the temple. 70 AD. And, right. yeah, and... And it's and it's at this moment when you can no longer really observe um, temple worship that you begin to see uh, you, you begin to see your strongest separation between Judaism and Christianity. So hmm. the first you know the first years um, you know most Christians were still Torah observant Jews who went you know who participated in the temple festivals who. Um, probably went to the synagogue on Saturday, observed Sabbath. Um, it <clears throat> it wasn't, you know, once once that begins to to, to fall apart, um, they had you know they began to reconstruct a new identity apart from it, and so there's some thought that 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 what we see in Matthew, particularly in in like its strong attacks upon the Pharisees. Is is that you? You got to kind of read it as a family fight. Mm. Um. So okay. I think you know. I mean, I, I think that's when having an understanding. You know, and this is the good part of biblical criticism, where it helps us. You know, kind of put some of those the scriptures into context. Um. But I mean, I I, I mean even. I mean even in you know I mean the Old Testament is full of um, of passages in which. You know, we we have you know we have to be uh, be weary. I mean, last Sunday 
the Old Testament reading was about uh, keeping Sabbath. And, you know, like one of the punishments for failing to keep Sabbath in the law was, you know, killing the one who didn't, who didn't keep it. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you know, fear punishment are oftentimes um, part of the scriptural story. And I think we also have to talk about how do we help people understand, you know, those passages. Right. So I think, too, I mean, fear is a, as Tom alluded to, is a good thing, and especially in its place. And, uh, man, I think I've used this before on a podcast. We may not have released it or not, but um, Elizabeth... Oh, gosh, I just forgot her name. Gilbert, um, that Eat, Pray, Love uh, author, talked about how fear, guilt, and shame, all of these emotions are part of our emotions that were given to us by God, and they're all for good reason. And um, it said something to the effect of, like, um, when I'm in the ocean and I've realized I've swam out too far, uh, I realize fear comes to me and goes, "Uh, you know what? You're not that great a swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's time to turn around. And that's a good thing. In the same kind of realm, it's like, you know, fear rides in the backseat of the car, but it doesn't get to change the radio or drive kind of thing. It just sits there and, you know, use it as we will, just with other uh, senses and and, uh, as well. And so emotion, sorry. And um, but the same kind of time, it's being used as something that is the reason um, and, and there's a lot of care behind it. So I'm going back to our camp area. Um, I think there's a lot of care behind the fear because these people don't want, and this is the unsaid, you to burn in hell. Or maybe they are saying that um, if that is the after all, overall belief in what's going to happen. Um, and so I still look at that as, as being careless. Um in, in the way it's used in that regard. But at the same time, I think um, in, in Matthew, it's being used in a method of care as well because it's like, look, you are in occupied area here. Um, if you continue to act out this way, then guess what? Romans are going <laughs> to, they're going to come and they're going to bring hell, you know, and things like that. So that's kind of how I see a lot of that strong talk in that area. But at the same time in life, if you allow yourself to ignore everything and go down the wrong roads, it's going to be hell. You know, they, then fear is used to keep us out of that. And, and um, there are many places in my own life and everyone's that they have been, they, they should have read the warning signs and used that good fear that helped, that helped us to turn around or that we, you know, people who love us um, tried to show us and we didn't necessarily listen to those things. So, I, everything that we've said, I think, well, maybe 90% of what we said so far is good. Um, <laughs> so, what, what, the thing that, like, people who are listening to this are probably people who have been beat up by church. And so, to me, that's the kind of fear that we need to name. Like, when a, tell me if I'm out of line here, Justin, what your plan is for this, but like, no, when a, like, it, to me, the kind of fear that when you that's disorder that goes beyond is like the preacher who tells someone who wants to leave their church that they're in danger of God's wrath, you know, if they leave it. Hmm. Or yeah. um, people right now, we have I feel like we have churches actively using fear to scare 
um, their members into the voting booth. Hmm. Like, if you, you know, this minority or this um, interest group, you know, like the diverse, how America is going to be lost if you don't, you know, stand mm, right. up and toe the line. Or you're going to, anytime we cause people to fear the other, you know. Right, right. We don't see that in scripture. We don't see Jesus being afraid of the Romans or the Gentiles or he's mainly fair. He's afraid of the most religious, you know, the most, the ones who are the most um, legalistic. Interesting. Yep. And, uh, but I, the kind of fear that I see going on in churches, you know, if you don't give to me so I can get my plane, you know, uh, it's not going to go well. God wants to bless you though. So give to me in this ministry or, which is prosperity. Sorry. I mean, that kind of goes into a little bit of the prosperity. Guy. So here's the phrase that I wrote down in my notes was uh, fear to keep kids on the straight and narrow. That is something that I grew up with. And 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 I remember fear. I, did, I couldn't name it as fear necessarily outside of just I was just scared <laughs> all the time. It seemed like um, and I say all the time, but. A lot of times, um, and uh, a lot of that will come out later too, but just keeping, because fear was used as the uh, bookends to try, or, you know, just try to walls to try and keep you down the right path. If you do this, then boom. You know, if you do this, you're going to hell. If you do this, you're going to hell. I mean, that was just the term used over and over. I mean, um, and so the the same kind of fears were used where, you know, the, the, and I've alluded to this before too, that the, uh, thief in the night movie series was shown at our church many years ago. And, and it's like, you know, it's the idea is, is it's a uh, post rapture, you know, and everyone's left on earth and everyone just disappears and all these things. And it's used as fear as you don't want to be alone. And, um, it, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> That type of fear is the fear that I read about in in First John, um, like four eighteen, where you know perfect love casts out fear, um, and, and and then the the amount of times that be not afraid is used in the Bible, it doesn't line up. It doesn't right. line up with the teachings that I have had in the past of of this fearful. You're supposed to shriek. You're supposed to draw back. Um, Tom, you alluded to. Um, talking about the people outside or those outside, the sins outside the church and drawing the line and kind of keep people in. So it's like, they're bad and we're not, we're losing America and we're doing this and we have to stay here and be strong and things like that because the values are going away. Um, and unfortunately people are going away <laughs> Right. Um, instead. Amen, Justin. <laughs> Well, and my, I, I always talk about being held under thumb. And when someone holds you under thumb for too long with, with a lie, um, then eventually you're going to find a way out. Um, and uh, it just, it just, that doesn't work. And I think that's where love comes in. I just, uh, Bishop Curry's um, royal wedding sermon, I listened to it again this week. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, go listen to that. <laughs> There's no fear within that and and the power of love is where um 
I mean, it's just invigorating. It is and rejuvenating. And it's just amazing what that, how, how he portrays that. So if you haven't, um, I think there's a leak in an upcoming episode. Okay. So, right. Well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh. good. So I found like a psychological website and I was talking about um, fear. And it says, here's the quote When you're afraid, when you're stressed, when you're angry, it drives you toward one thing escape. Ooh. This is. This is biology. Our bodies evolved to address threats that manifest as tangible, physical things. So he's saying, and it's it's also talking about, um, what is it that get sol- soldiers get from military experiences? What's that called? PTSD. PTSD. So if you keep, if churches motivate by fear, it works, as Everett said, it works in the short run. But eventually, it's going to lead people to flee from your church. Because you can only live in a state of fear for so long. It's right. the fight or flight you know, motivator. Right. And I think that's why, what John is getting to in First John. I found the last, um, the last part of 18, where he said, The one who fears is not made in perfect love. And, uh, you know, you, 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 the first part of that verse is usually the one we know about, perfect love, cast out, fear. Uh, but the one who fears is not made in perfect love. And so, and, and uh, I mean, I, I have fears, and, 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 and many of them are wrong. I'm, I'm not saying, I, and I don't think we're saying that you become fearless, uh, but I, I think it's something that you weed out the bad fear. Um, and, and I have bad fear still. We, I, I mean, I have kids, <laughs> and that's not an excuse. That is my, that's my confession. Um, I overly care um, in that realm. Ah, I say overly. That sounds terrible. Uh, but I hope you kind of know what I mean. Um, there is there's crazy fear when I with my children in, in different areas. But um, the ones who fear is, were not made in perfect love. And I was thinking about that this morning. And um, there is a place to where you sit in a church and you are, when you're sitting in a church filled with love, where fear is not the motivator, fear is not sitting there poking the spirit in you, trying to get you to move and react and, and do something differently, whether it be you know helping at VBS or buying a jet airliner for someone. <laughs> um, there is a peace. And, and peace and fear, those two words don't go together. And so right. um, it, when you sit down and you think about the peace that Christ speaks about, and I'm trying to pull something out of my head here and I cannot get it out. My, peace be with you. <laughs> um, the peace of Christ which passes all understanding. There you go. Fear does not sit with that. So I invite you to audit <laughs> your church worship and sit down and, and just listen and, and observe and see what comes over you. If you are washed over with peace and love, something's headed in the right direction. Because if it is sitting down and all you're worried about maybe is saying the right prayer or getting out of there or just you're worried about everything that is going wrong, man, that's not the... That's not the follower of Jesus that I see. Um, that's not the Christianity that I see. I think it's something different and it, and it revolves around love and fear, uh, excuse me, peace and, uh, not the basis of fear 
is the you know whole origin. I've rambled a lot. <laughs> Other thoughts on fear, gentlemen? Do we have an obligation to speak against churches that use fear um, to rally the troops? I would like to challenge them <laughs> to not use fear. Um, like, how do we respond to that in the public square? I think but, we should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Check. Well, Done. <laughs> I do want to say that I think that, that, and I don't want to use the word fear, but, you know, this is one of the gifts of sort of the liturgical calendar because there's times like in, in Advent where we sort of get some apocalyptic messages that, you know, cause us to to have a healthy sense of, of self-reflection of, of, you know, who are we? What are we doing? Um, how is this consistent with the kingdom of God? But we don't stay in that week after week. We immediately right. go to the good news that right. in the midst of of this fear and uncertainty, God became one of us in, in, in Jesus. And, you know, we spend time in Lent in which we, you know, think about and talk about the reality of sin and brokenness in our lives, but we don't stay um, in that, that sort of heavy focus um, week after week. We hear the good news that, you know, um, Christ really did raise from the dead and defeated sin and death and, um, you know, the, the, the parts of our lives that are broken, you know, aren't the, won't have the final word. Right. Um, and so that's, that's where really, for me, a gift of the liturgical calendar is, is that it actually gives us some healthy ways in which to think about, um, I don't know, fear. That's yeah. So. Uh, no, that's absolutely right. And, and I think that, um, because I mean, it's kind of like, don't hear what we I, I well, what I don't say either in that, um, I mean, there's some apocalyptic stuff that can go down. Here, this is a, like a fun fact, as Deacon Jim says, we're all going to die. <laughs> there's going to be some, you know, th things are going to happen that are fearful. And if we walk down the wrong road, death is going to come sooner. I mean, there there is real life things out there that deserve a healthy amount of fear. Uh, but it shouldn't be something that, as you said, Everett, that is something that is in your face every Sunday, time and time and time again. Bless those people who show up and, and, and still sit through that for decades. But I worry that there is a, um, it's kind of like a, a passport where um, you get it stamped. Because you have this afterlife insurance or this trip you have to make, um, and you just go in and get your card punched and jump out because you have afterlife insurance, and it's it's very guilt and shame oriented, um, or or just fear, and so, um, I you know what I guess to to summarize this, there is another way, there is another way, there's another path of love, there is another path of sitting amongst a community and being filled with peace and love and walking out the door 
with an optimistic view of the world where everything going on around us isn't the end and isn't the wrong way and they're not like us so they're wrong but instead it is something to where we are together and it is us and not them and us and we can go out even even some of the churches i'm speaking about in that regard are are they're a part of our christian faith and um, I think we, we call one another out on our different things, even with us. But there is love and peace that is out there to, um, that Jesus has shown us. Final thoughts? I would, I would just say that, to me, I see at the beginning of Acts a fearful group of disciples hiding in a room. Or at the end of the goth, Luke. Yep, yep, yep. And then a few chapters later, you see them, you know, they've set aside fear. They're confronting the same people that put Jesus to death, and they're telling him not to speak in his name, Peter and John, and they say, you know, we can't help but speak about the things we have seen and heard. Mm. Or I think about Romans, if God be for us, who can be against us? Or First John 4, you know, as we said, there is no fear in love. So I don't, there is a lot in the New Testament about fear, but it's not, it's never about the fear of your fellow human being. Right. That's, that's never the focus of your fear. And that is what I see around me. I see that Christians have become afraid of women getting power or so I, I, wanna, I don't want to say so-called Christians. Certain churches have motivated us to fear each other. And right. that is never the way of Jesus. The only fear person, the only thing we should fear, according to Scripture, is God. And I don't know if that's even the right word for it. You know, the Greek language has mm. a, lot, a lot more meaning than the English language. But it's never, we should never fear each other. And that's not what we see um, in the New Testament from the disciples. So. Nice. Everett? Um, I, I, I think what Tom said is, you know, I just echo it. Cool. All right. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.